to the I Should Have Known podcast with Soups, Andy, and Tanner. It's a trivia podcast with a twist. Each episode, we dive into an interesting topic, and the host will share four big facts about it. But beware, one of those facts is total BS. Play along with the others to try to figure out which one is the lie, and by the end, you'll be saying, I should have known. Welcome to another episode of the I Should Have Known podcast. I'm Andy, and today we have an exciting episode on the Spanish language, which Soups is going to tell us about. He's going to give us four facts, but remember one of those facts he has completely fabricated, and you and I and Tanner will have to figure out which one of those facts is the lie. So, Soups, what do you got? Sí, exactamente. Hola. <laughs> Hola, ¿qué tal? Yes, today I'm going to be talking about the Spanish language. Globally, there are about 450 million Spanish speakers. It's a very, very popular language. Let's start this way. I'm going to give you a fact 0.5. Spanish is definitely easier than Polish. <laughs> Take it from someone who's been learning Polish for the last four years, and I started learning Spanish during this lockdown. Oh boy, it's been a cakewalk. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for native English speakers or for people who are proficient in English, yeah, Spanish is definitely easier than Polish. I hate this when Polish people say, oh, it's the hardest language. Try learning Korean sometime and then come back to me. <laughs> I definitely think Spanish is pretty easy to learn from English. Yeah. And I studied French and Portuguese, so when I speak Spanish, it's just bad Portuguese. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, whether it's hard or not, it depends from the perspective of who's talking, right? For someone who has Slavic roots, definitely Polish is yeah. easier. Exactly. If I were to compare the grammar between Polish and Spanish, and that's my opinion, and I believe it might be the opinion of many others yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that Spanish is definitely easier. The U.S. State Department, because they like train people to do international missions and things, they actually rank languages by their difficulty to learn for Americans, native English speakers, and Spanish is level one, one of the easiest ones. Definitely. <laughs> okay, tell me a few Spanish words that you know, just throw it out there. Cerveza. Cerveza. Okay. <laughs> Tenor, one more. Por favor. Por favor. Okay. Andy? Perro. Perro. Perro or perro? Perro. Rolling R's, yeah? That's right. I just wanted to show off that I can roll my R's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. I've got four facts with me today about the Spanish language. Great. So fact number one, Spanish is actually influenced by the Arabic language. One of the biggest cultural influence on the Spanish language is that from Arabic. It's estimated that there are about 4,000 words of Arab origin in the modern-day Spanish language. The introduction of Arabic words began somewhere around the 8th century. And people living in Spain that time, they spoke Latin. But in a few centuries, Spanish and other Romance languages like French, Italian, sort of distanced themselves. So they all had their own dialect of Latin. And this dialect of Latin got heavily influenced with Arabic when the Arabic-speaking Moors invaded Spain in 711. By the time that the Moors were expelled completely from Spain, 
in the late 15th century. This version of Spanish had actually more than 4,000 words. For example, all the words that start with A-L <laughs> are influenced mm-hmm. from Arabic. Other words like guitarra or sandia, which means watermelon, is also from Arabic. Huh. And I also read that a lot of words in English also actually come from Arabic. Algebra. Oh, yeah. other words that start with A-L. Alcohol? Yeah. <laughs> alcohol, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Although it's very interesting that the Arabic-speaking world came up with the word alcohol. Yeah, <laughs> and it's right? kind of funny, yeah. So that's fact number one. Okay, that was huge. Just the fact is that Spanish is influenced by the Arabic language. Okay, all okay. right. All right. So before I go to the next fact, I have a question. How many letters in the alphabet do you think are there in the Spanish language? Oh, well, I definitely remember learning the song. Not yeah. to count. <laughs> I can sing them, but... I think it's 30. Yeah, more than English, so 29. Because they're extra A-A, A-A. Sure, sounds fair. I would have thought that as well. But I think tenor 29 is actually the right answer, but it depends when you learned your Spanish alphabet. Oh, did they change it? <laughs> yeah. So basically, people who learned their alphabet before 1994 actually learned that there are 29 letters. But in 1994, the Royal Spanish Academy announced that double L and CH are no longer official Spanish letters. There's no AA? No. <laughs> they took it away? They took it away. We're not that old. <laughs> yeah. I was not in sixth grade in 1994. I'm not that old. Yeah, yeah. But we definitely learned that CHE and AA are letters. Yeah, my teachers definitely didn't get that memo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. You know, when I talk about being a linguist, I also think these kinds of bodies that make rules about these things, people aren't super excited to follow a lot of what they recommend. So. Well, you guessed it right. There was a lot of controversy, <laughs> and I'm going to talk a little bit more about that. Well, actually, the reason why the Royal Spanish Academy did it, it was sort of a housekeeping move to adapt towards computer standardization. But needless to say, it did disturb some of the language traditionalists. I think Spain was actually the only country that was pushing for this move. Mm. And so there was a lot of lobbying, right, Mm -hmm. by Spain with other Spanish-speaking countries to get this thing passed. And all the countries voted. And 17 voted in favor, one said no, and three abstained. Can you guess which country voted that LL and CH should still be in the Spanish alphabet? Hmm. I'm going to say Mexico. Mexico. Okay. Okay. Well, I was between Mexico and Argentina, so I'll say Argentina. Okay. Actually, Mexico had huge problems, but they did vote yes. The country which said no was Ecuador. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. And the three countries who abstained were Panama, Uruguay, and Nicaragua. This move was done in 1994 when they first announced that LLNCH are no longer going to be letters. But this move actually got a lot of attention in 2010 when the Royal Academy published their brand new and revised spelling manual. Now, according to the Academy, CH and LL are now to be considered as diagraphs instead of actual letters. Okay. So just for all our listeners, diagraphs are two letters that make a new sound. Fun fact, Polish has seven diagraphs, which are literally impossible to spell. (laughs) (laughs) There are a lot of Zs. A lot of Zs. Yeah, it's like how English uses H to change a sound. 
Polish uses Z. Yeah. Exactly. So now words beginning with CH are listed under C and words starting with double L are listed under L. And the situation was really confusing in 2010 when the Academy came back with the update. They explained this change and the reasoning in over 800 pages. (laughs) They needed a good reason. (laughs) Definitely. But you know, I think a lot of it is actually BS because when you lie and you want to justify your lie you just keep adding more and more <laughs> yes. I have a feeling these guys you know they weren't convinced enough so they were just adding more pages to convince themselves <laughs> yeah and so this is a professor named Elon Stavans he's a Mexican and he's a professor of Latin American and Latino culture at Amherst College and I think this quote captured the confusion perfectly it's kind of a magical realist moment. They decide that two of 29 letters will disappear. All the dictionaries will have to be remade, which is good for selling the Royal Academy's dictionary, which they keep producing as though it's the Bible. <laughs> you know, it was sort of a move that they, a lot of these other Spanish-speaking countries thought as like a revolt that, you know, mm-hmm. because now they identify the language as their pride, as their culture. And they mm-hmm. thought that Spain was sort of shoveling down it's a gender. Yeah, there mm-hmm. are definitely some kind of problematic things with Spain coming in and being like, hey, guys, it wasn't enough that you guys all learned our language because we came over and said you were ours. But now you have to change it again. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Okay, so let's continue with the Royal Academy of Spanish. <laughs> so this is fact number three. In 1754, when the Royal Academy of Spanish published the second edition of the orthography of the Royal Academy, they prescribe the usage of the inverted question mark and exclamation. How do you guys feel about inverted punctuation? Well, that's funny you talk about that since we already had an episode on punctuation. <laughs> yeah. How does everybody in the room feel about inverted punctuation? I have no personal opinion about this. I think maybe if I was to design a language or a writing style, I might think about using something like that because I guess if you're reading something really quickly, you could see from the very first letter that it's going to be a question or it's going to be excited. So you don't have to be surprised at the end of the sentence or read it twice. Sure. Okay. And do you think that the English language should think about introducing inverted punctuation? I personally don't want any more punctuation in English. I am not super pro-punctuation. I think we're kind of going away from punctuation. Yeah, I feel like it's a cool quirk. It's a cool style that they use in Spanish. But like, that's all it is. It's just style. Okay. I like a pared down, like no extra anything. Some raw language. Raw language. Let's get rid of the word space. How about that? <laughs> Let's get rid of that. <laughs> so as I, as I mentioned, in 1754, the Royal Academy of Spanish, they prescribed the usage of inverted question mark and exclamation for the first time. And it was sort of gradually adopted in the Spanish language over the next century. So as you can see, this is a very, very recent addition to the Spanish language. What was the year again? 1754 is when they prescribed, mm-hmm. but usage was over the next century. Okay. Okay. So they first mentioned in the second edition of their orthography of the Royal Academy, what are the words, what's going to be the mm-hmm. style and That's structure. Spelling. Yeah. yeah, spellings. So it came into use 
mostly in the 18th century. Okay. Yeah. So the standard punctuation should be along the baseline of the sentence and the inverted punctuation, like the upside down question mark, Mm -hmm. should descend below the line. So it should be below the sentence. So it shall be. (laughs) (laughs) I get what that guy was saying about it being a Bible now. (laughs) It is ordained. Yeah, that's correct. Yes. (laughs) Well, the reason why it actually became important is because Spanish language's syntax means that either questions or statements can have the same wordings. Mm-hmm. You know, unlike in English, where auxiliary verb does the job in terms of when you want to frame a question or a sentence, do you or, you know. Yeah. So in Spanish, actually, the same sentence can be either a question if you put punctuation or it can be just a normal sentence. So because the way the language was designed, it became very important to sort of mark this difference between which one is a question and which is a sentence. Mm-hmm. And another very, very important thing to remember is that the inverted punctuation starts at the beginning of a clause. So it can be in the middle of the sentence oh as well. Oh my God. Really? So it's not necessarily at the start of the sentence, right? In English, Uh I would say, do you have a car, right? And that's the question. It can't come in between a sentence, right? Oh, we are going, do you have a car? Then the whole thing becomes a question in a way. But in Spanish, so you have a sentence and the question can be just that part, the clause itself. Wow. So which is why, so you can have this huge sentence with 50 words and Mm -hmm. probably the question is just like two words somewhere (laughs) hidden. Yeah. (laughs) This is why I like the punctuation. It's it's distracting. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think I find it very useful instead of being surprised at the end of the sentence, (laughs) what the author meant for us to feel. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's coming. Yeah. So it might happen that the question mark is at the next page, right? It Mm -hmm. did not have enough space within that page to (laughs) write it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So imagine you're reading this and you don't know what to feel, right? And you have to turn the page. Oh, okay. That's a question. Okay. (laughs) So if you have it at the beginning, then you know, oh, okay. Eventually it will be a question. You need the weird tilde question mark from early English, as we talked about. Yeah. And I also actually read this very cool article on Slate. And maybe we will link this article in our blog so our listeners can check it out people were making a case for using inverted punctuation in english (laughs) and in other languages yeah and that's why i asked at the start that how do we feel about including this Mm -hmm. okay i see well i just thought of this while we were talking how in english we do this sometimes with speech i might say to you hey tanner question do you know where, and like that saying the word question is kind of right. like the punctuation of like marking question. Yeah, but it's only in speech. You don't write it that way, right? Yeah. Well, I also think punctuation is just a reflection of speech to some degree. So it's kind of like verbal punctuation. Sure. Question. Yeah. And I always yeah. wonder why people don't answer that with answer. that's a trend we can start. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That brings me to my last fact. Fact number four, there's only one country in the African continent whose official language is Spanish. On the other hand, French is the official national language for about 23 African countries. Quick trivia question. Do you know which country am I talking about? Um, I have no idea. Equatorial Guinea. Okay. Andy said the answer. It is Equatorial Guinea. Yes. Oh, That's the Spanish speaking one? Yes. Wow. Yeah. Equatorial Guinea. Yeah. This is funny because this is something. So I studied French 
And that's right. always when people are like, why study French? I'm like, do you know how many countries in Africa speak French? So That's true. Almost half the continent. So a little bit more information and context. How did Spanish end up in Equatorial Guinea? It's actually the last country to claim independence from Spain in 1968. The Spanish took control over from the Portuguese in and around 1778 and then leased it to Britain around 1827. And then the Britishers sort of got bored of it and gave it back to Spain in 1844. (laughs) And just so you know, that even though the name of this country is Equatorial Guinea, no part of the territory is actually on the equator. (laughs) Well, it's to distinguish it from the other like three guineas. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, just like other colonies, Equatorial Guinea was used for slavery and plantation. But actually, there was an epidemic in Spain, and they did not do much investment in this country. Hmm. Also, very, very interesting to note that just a few years before its independence in 1968, Equatorial Guinea's exports per capita were the highest in Africa, and it was the fifth largest producer of cocoa in Africa. Those were my four facts about the Spanish language. Great. Thank you so much. Yeah. Okay, great. So why don't you run those back and then we'll take a guess at which one we think is a lie. The four facts were fact number one, Spanish is influenced by the Arabic language. Fact number two, there were 29 letters in the Spanish alphabet, but in 1994, the Royal Spanish Academy deleted two of them. Fact number three, in 1754, Royal Academy of Spanish first prescribed the usage of the inverted question mark and exclamation. And fact number four, there's only one country in the African continent whose official language is Spanish. Awesome. Now the hard part. One of those is a lie. Yes, one of those is a lie. I feel like I should know the punctuation one because I just looked that stuff up, just did an episode on it. I think that the only term in the last fact is throwing me off. The only country in Africa that officially speaks Spanish? I don't like that. I think there's another one and we're just forgetting about it. And in your case, you never knew about it, though. Yeah, I just don't know. You should be honest. You never knew. (laughs) (laughs) It's not like, oh, I'm forgetting. No. No, no. I have no idea, but I don't think that one is enough. What about you, Andy? Which one do you think? I'm between the the middle two, number two, number three. That Royal Academy is really getting me. But I think I'm going to go with number two. Something about that seems a little... The letters being deleted. Yeah, the letters being changed. Yeah. All right. Okay. So you don't think that they were ever deleted or you think that they were deleted earlier or later? I think they weren't deleted. Okay. Maybe they suggested or something. Maybe it's not as strong. Okay. Well, your guesses are now logged in. (laughs) (laughs) So true. That is such the feeling. Now it's like we have to do, 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 do. Yeah. According to Tanner, it's fact number four. And according to Andy, it's fact number two. And... It's classic Tanner, isn't it? Oh, no. <laughs> Has no idea about the clue. 
but somehow gets it correct. Yeah, you're actually right. He always gets it right for the wrong reasons. It's the worst. Equatorial Guinea is not the only country in Africa to have Spanish as their official language. The other country is Sahrawi Arab Democratic Republic, which controls part of the Western Sahara and is partially recognized de facto sovereign state. The SADR has diplomatic relations with 40 United Nations countries and is also a full member of the African Union. Wow. I don't know if I should have known that. (laughs) Yeah, you can't even say you should have known because you definitely (laughs) didn't know at all. No. I thought the Western Sahara was like known for not being owned by anyone. Yeah, Morocco claims part of it and this SADR claims the other part of it. I should have known. (laughs) (laughs) the royal academy they're on my um your hit list yeah (laughs) but add an extra letter (laughs) i have a feeling that these activities by royal academy of spanish should be seen more sort of as a marketing gimmick yeah yeah languages for the people and the people who use it not some ivory tower folks who just decide to make the rules so yeah it sounds like a power play yeah you don't get the decide what the language is. You describe the language, you don't define it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, though if they're dictionaries, then I guess they literally define the <laughs> so, Well, but thank you so much. And yeah, I, I should have known. Thanks for listening to the I Should Have Known podcast. Check us out on social media to get extra fun facts and to let us know what you want to hear in future episodes. And don't forget to follow or subscribe. You can even let your friends know about your new favorite trivia podcast.